The reading is from Matthew chapter 1, starting to read at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Our heading is, It's Christmas Come Early. What we're going to do briefly is to reflect, by way of preparation for communion as well, on the greatest event in human history. Christmas is is big, isn't it? It is a big, big deal. It's big commercially. Many commercial enterprises are dependent on this time of the year, for their survival and for their success. It's big in the media. We are hearing carols on Classic FM and uh, reminded with adverts on the television. It's big in the family already. Uh, The countdown from uh, the Advent calendars, a constant reminder that Christmas is coming. And it's big in the church, as you can see, a lovely tree, and thanks to those who put it together yesterday. But it's also big personally. Personally. The big challenge always, and I know I'm stating the obvious, but it needs to be done, is that we need to keep the centrality of Christmas as focused upon the Lord Jesus Just this past week, I was talking to a lady walking her dog in the village and uh, gave her my commiserations that uh, a month previously her father had died. And uh, I said, how are you going to plan Christmas? And she's not a churchgoer. um, And she said, I can't even think about it. First Christmas without her father. Christmas can be the best of times and simultaneously the worst of times. So I would like us to try to sum up, and sometimes this is the beauty of um, a sermon like this, is to try to focus on one word, because in a way you know the context and you know the narrative. So the one word that's come out of our reading this morning with that sort of introduction is uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God is with us. 
That's what we were singing about just now. God is with us and we are with him. And throughout our life, we know and sometimes more closely than others have a sense of his, his presence, his presence with us. So as we prepare uh, for Christmas, I'd like to invite you to consider before the momentum gains greater pace, uh, four timely disciplines. I'd like you to look at these four things and, and take note of them now. Um, by way of preparation. And uh, from the reading that, that, that we've had, just to focus and compare on a few verses. First of all, simplicity. Simplicity. Here we have it in verse 21. Here it's crystallized, summed up for us. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because... He will save his people from their sins. In asking Nino about uh, the second name of one of his sons, it was his father's name. Because. Well, why Jesus? Because his name will crystallize for us the purpose of his coming. It's a big challenge, isn't it? In, in, a, in a world that is increasingly complicated, to keep it simple. That is a big challenge. At whatever stage, whatever age we are, to try to do that, to work at that. And if we don't, then events will overtake us very quickly. Here's a second discipline for us as we think about uh, Christmas and from verse 20. How much of this are you going to have? Silence. I wonder if some of you will actually turn the television off at all. Sorry, if you do. Some don't. It's their constant companion. Christmas can be incredibly noisy. And somehow, how silently, how silently that wondrous gift was given, God imparts to human hearts the blessing of his heaven. Somehow, it's uh, the cacophony some people are afraid of silence. So in verse 20, for sure, I think Joseph would have really stood back and sat down and took a deep breath. Later, after he considered this, the message of the angel, an angel of the Lord, he considered what, was to, what Mary had said, the angel comes to him and said, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. That phrase there, after he had considered. Here was a major decision. Sit down, think, wait, consider, and then take action. And it's a powerful silence, isn't it? How much of this do we have at Christmas time? Third discipline that we need to think about, and that is solitude. Now, maybe this is not so attractive. It's not being um, lonely. It's having powerful times just to be alone. Just to be alone. Quiet solitude. Life is so frenetic. 
And we're carried on with, with events that it seems as if we're on a treadmill. And we're afraid to be still. Maybe we're ill at ease with our own company. And the fourth discipline for us here would be, and again, this is something that is demanding. Joseph teaches us here that he had to surrender his will to God's will. And so in verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. Uh, This is quite extraordinary. We're so familiar with this, but... The close-knit society and people talking. And yet, at, at personal cost, he was able to surrender himself to God's will. Life is so full of stuff that somehow God's will seems to be on the circumference of our lives, not at the very heart of it. How often is it that the immediate has priority over the important? What are the things that are most important? We don't think like that often enough. And I guess Christmas is one of those occasions that helps us to do that. So from this reading, those are the four disciplines. Think about those as we come to communion. And some of you, I know, you're facing... Big things in your life. Uncertainty about health and work and family and, and, and loved ones who are no longer with you. And this Christmas is going to be really hard and tough. Those four disciplines can, can, can help us. Give us a sense of perspective. From our reading, these three names give us are given to us of the Son of God at his birth. Let's just comment on them briefly, and then we're going to meet at the Lord's table. Jesus. Jesus. There you have it in verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you'll give him the name Jesus because, and here's the reason, he's the Savior. He's the Savior. That's his great mission. Just think for a moment now why that should be highlighted. I mean, he was a great teacher. He was a great healer. He was a great leader. I mean, if our greatest need was information, well, he could have sent an educator. Or if our greatest need had been technology, then he would send a great scientist, a genius. Or if our greatest need was money, then we could have an economist. If our greatest need was pleasure, well, let's have an entertainer. But the priority of God in naming him Jesus is our greatest need is forgiveness. Our greatest need is forgiveness. God sent us a saviour, a saviour. Jesus, the Deliverer. Jesus saves, and he still does. But he's also the Christ. Look again at this, uh, this, this reading, and you see that he's the Anointed One, the one promised from of old. 
Jesus the Christ. And the word, of course, means Messiah, anointed, commissioned for a unique purpose. The name that has the human and the divine merged within it. To bridge, if you like, to touch the hand of God. But not just that. To be the mediator between God and man for us. And finally, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. If these describe what he does, this describes who he is. He is, he is God with us. That's who he is. God with us. And the application, if it isn't obvious already, God taking the initiative, speaking to us clearly, challenging us personally on some of the most familiar words from childhood and providing for us lovingly. And as we look back, we trace his hand and we look forward with a sense of renewed hope. Emmanuel. Could you think about that? Whatever your situation, that God is with you. God is with you. Breaking into our disordered world. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. Now we're going to come to this table. Christmas come early. Well, Emmanuel is with us always. And our Lord Jesus left this as a permanent reminder that he is God and man and gave himself to be our saviour. It's no surprise, therefore, that he said, I am the bread of life, food for physical life and food for our spiritual life. And by faith we feed on him again. And I'm the light of the world to banish the darkness. So we come to him as he comes to us. We rejoice in his goodness. We celebrate his birth. And I hope with greater simplicity, perhaps with a sense of tangible silence, Periods of fruitful standing back in solitude and thinking. And ultimately, like Joseph, like him, that surrender which was very costly. No cheap grace. God coming. God present with us. Of course... There are many things that we don't know. The great mystery of the incarnation has exercised the minds of people throughout the generations. But there are lots of things that we do know. And in this hymn that we're going to sing now as we come to the Lord's table, it reminds us of what we do 
and what we don't know and give a spur to our worship. We're going to sing, I cannot tell why he whom angels worship should set his love upon the sons of men or why a shepherd he should seek the wanderer to bring them back. They know not how or when, but this I know. Maybe you can't make sense of your experience now. But then you can say, but this I know, that the Lord Jesus was born of Mary. Bethlehem was his manger and his home, and he lived in Nazareth. And so the Savior, yes, the Savior of the world is come.